Hey, tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. You can start your own free 21-day trial over at Checkfront.com. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, please welcome your host, Shane. And welcome to Tourpreneur at Arrival, sponsored by Checkfront. And we're joined by Checkfront today. Really excited to dig into your story and find out more about you. Before we do that, I want to thank you publicly for the support you've given to Entrepreneur. You've sponsored us here at the Arrival event, given us a wonderful space. We have 20 plus interviews with tour operators from all over the world. So thank you very much for sponsoring us and giving us this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great podcast, so we're, it's our pleasure. Thank you. So I'm really curious to dig into your story. So, so I'm joined by Jason Morehouse, his CEO and co-founder, and by Steph Brackett. Excellent. Uh, your director of product. All right. So how did Checkfront get started, Jason? Um, so this goes back somewhat in time to 2010. Uh, it was an idea that came from a consumer frustration. Uh, we had a small family and we were trying to book activities and whale watching and whatever we could to get out of the house. And we realized that we were constantly faced with uh, email forms and PayPal buttons and you know having to phone in when you know we're doing most of that stuff at night. So my background is, is e-commerce and as is Steph's as well, we worked at a previous company and it really, there was a light bulb moment saying that there's probably tools that we can build you know, for these operators that you know, improve their business, uh, make it more efficient and from a consumer side, give me an experience that I'm, I'm wanting, which is to be able to book when I want, conveniently and quickly. Uh, so that's really the hypothesis for the initial uh, prototype that we had built out. And what year was that? When did you start? It was 2010. So we were pretty, we were pretty lean and mean for, for three or four years. Yeah. We were a small team, one, two, three, eventually four or five people. But there was a shift which we felt in, let's say, 2013, 2014, when there was a lot less education required for operators. We weren't having to hard sell. They were coming to us inbound saying, I, I, need, I need help. My business has grown. I'm getting overbooked. I'm getting bad reviews on TripAdvisor because I... So there was an inflection point where we got to grow the business very efficiently and saw the number of operators coming on increase over time. And that really picked up from there. And, with, yeah. and then here we are here. And where are you guys based? 
Uh, Victoria, BC. Okay. This is Vancouver Island. Yeah. Yeah. That's where most of our team is. We have a few that aren't, uh, that are spread out, but that's, that's our home. And how many people work at Checkfront? Uh, 75, 76, something around there. Yeah. Excellent. And, and how is that split in terms of departments? So uh, R&D is probably 30 people on, on your team staff. And then sales marketing is another kind of dozen. Uh, customer support and customer success is a huge part of our business and always always has been. Um, so they're, they're a big team. Uh, and then the rest is, you know, kind of the usual finance and, and HR and stuff. Excellent. So what types of businesses does Checkfront work with? I mean, tours and activities is where we spend all of our time, all of our focus. As you know, it, that's very broad. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's walking tours and bungee jumping and uh, whale watching, and we could, we could go through 170 of those kind of sub-verticals, and that's where we really focus in on. There is a bit of a broader, we're a little bit broader than some of our competitors here today, just given the flexibility that we've built into the system early on. So you can do hourly, quarter hourly, daily, nightly, weekly. We do have a kind of a subset of, of users that use the system that fall outside of maybe tours and activities and experiences, which we're, we're quite happy with. So there are 160 plus, when I last look, booking software companies. Yeah. I don't know if that's changed in the last There's couple of days. probably like another 12 that just started today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what do you think, Stephanie, what differentiates Checkfront from the others out there? First off the top of my mind is really the flexibility of the system. I think Jason alluded to that, but really giving operators the ability to tailor the system to how their business already works. Typically, these are businesses that are you know, either existing or have a, a pretty big game plan for what they want to do, and they're looking to a system to leverage that to support the business that they already have. And that means that they need the, the features, they need the flexibility of the system, they need the integrations, they need all those pieces that we can support. Brilliant. I've invited onto the show today, Mr. Episode 8, Alan Rust of American Soil Company, and you came on to Episode 8 of the, the podcast. And I really was interested to get a tour operator's view of booking platform companies. So you are currently working with... Bookio. So you're in, sat in front of Checkfront here. What would it take for Checkfront to win your business? What we would need and what I hear from a lot of people is just the level of customization because there's... 1,200 people here, so there's probably 1,200 different kinds of tweaks that people need for tours. So what's the level of customization that's available? I mean, I would say out of the box, Checkfront probably supports a lot of the customizations that people might be assuming would be out of the norm because we do cater to such a, a wide array of functionality there. Beyond that, I think we um, have always invested in the tools in terms of our API and the breadth of our API. Uh, to take those businesses beyond the point at which we already support and to sort of extend on that um, outside of that. So I, yeah, I think the, again, early on, we, we realized we, we want to build everything for everybody, obviously, but where we have gaps or where we don't have expertise in building something, we integrate. We have over 50 integrations into accounting software, marketing software, and CRMs, and website builders. That's been fundamentally from the beginning, uh, is that when we don't have it, we make sure that we integrate into something that's really, really good at it. Um, that's part of what we do. And another thing, I actually went to a demo this morning, so I, I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask. So I know a concern for a lot of tour operators, which should be a concern for all of them, is the checkout funnel. Like, 
are there are there stumbles and switching between websites and all that stuff to to get somebody from interest to converted when they use Checkfront? Um, I mean, I think the way we've integrated Checkfront, it's it's pretty seamless. They're in most cases they're staying on their own website. They're not flipping over to another domain when those um, steps of the funnel are happening. That was really paramount, I think, in the early days in providing a tool that um, integrated with WordPress and the way that people already had their website set up and that we were really just extending that further. I mean, to add into that, we've got another product. We integrate into whatever Word, WordPress or Squarespace or whatever website you have. You can use Checkfront and it's pretty seamless. We have another product that takes it another level, which is called Site Builder, which is a fully optimized experience which is focused in on converting visitors into customers and it's you don't leave the site you don't you, you don't even see that it's checkfront and it's it's a it's a beautiful experience so uh, we're we're pretty proud of that so i guess the big question i'm surprised you didn't ask this is how does pricing work yeah so pricing is uh, obviously a contentious point and a and a big subject here at arrival um, there's lots of different business models competitively. We've been pretty firm on our stance on not charging commissions to operators. We fundamentally don't believe in commissioning sales. We think that that these are not, generally speaking, high-margin businesses. And if your booking system's taking a fee of 6% and your customer is willing to pay $106 instead of $106, that's probably the operator's $106. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here in that we did release a what's called a flex plan, which is similar to several of the other operators. And the reason being is we just want to give optionality. If we lose a customer or a prospect, we want it to be because of product mm -hmm. and not the business model. So we feel quite firm on that, I think is the word that I'm looking for. We want to give optionality, and, and that's, that's kind of that. We see the commission plan or the, the flex plan, as we call it, or the user fee plan as a way to bring in operators that aren't yet ready to commit. What we hope is that when their business is stabilized and a little more predictable and they're generating revenue, that they will switch to a subscription plan. And ours started at 49 bucks up yeah. to 200 bucks a month. So it's, we think it's great value for what we, what we deliver. Mm -hmm. How was that received by the market? Because obviously I read the media release last yeah. week that you were offering both models. How has it been received? I think generally good. It's, it's pretty early. There was definitely questions from customers um, asking if all of a sudden we were going to be flipping everybody to a, a commission model, which we absolutely are not. We yeah. never will. And we've seen it competitively. We, we know that competitors here have done that have forced all of their customers into a brand new business model, which we think is frankly awful. <laughs> so time will tell. If nobody uses the plan, I'm completely fine with it. But we know that people will just, some people just don't want to get an invoice. They don't want a credit card fee, so. Yeah, and how would you address, I saw on our, our tourpreneur group, some people saying, oh, this media release is not honest because they're saying it's a free booking system and it's not. Yeah. How would you address that? Yeah, I mean, to some degree, that's a fair comment. It's free to the operator, okay? But, and again, somewhat of a contradiction. We know that nothing is free. However, four out of the five companies that are here competitively claim it's a free plan. So we need to align it so that the, the language is, is understood from, from customers and prospect. But we'll have that conversation in an onboarding experience to tell them, you know, what plan is best for you. Yes. And that there is a fee component that your customer is going to pay. And when you've reached a volume point, you get to switch without switching systems. But time will tell. Yeah. It's, it's early days. How many booking software companies offer both systems of payment? 
None that I know. So you are the only ones out there that are offering the, the booking fee and the subscription model right. right now. Yeah, they're they're usually one or the other. Um, like Can I think Bookio's yeah. subscription and then the other ones are commission-based. Do you think the industry will now follow you? I don't think they can because they're making too much money right now off of the operators. And to go backwards is going to be a real hit to their business. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my assessment. But I don't think that user fees and the ticket master model is going to be the future for this space. I just don't. I think um, once the education and things like Arrival and your podcasts and, and, and operators become more educated, there'll be a shift. And I don't think that user fees is going to be the dominant model as we grow as an industry. So talk me through the, the morning you woke up when the news broke that Fair Harbor had been bought by Booking and Bokun had been bought by TripAdvisor. What went through your mind? <laughs> I went back to bed, actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was a shakeup for everybody. We didn't know what that meant to, to the space. Um, we didn't know what they were planning to do competitively. It was awkward because the OTAs are our partners. Yes. Um, and that changed that dynamic for us and for everybody who was either looking to integrate or their customers were asking to integrate into booking. Trip is obviously a super important uh, channel for almost every operator. So it shook things up and it, and it created a lot of confusion and anxiety from, I, from our feedback yeah. from operators. And we had to start answering those questions. I mean, after that, the, there wasn't a massive change. Like things just chugged along there doing their thing and, and, and we're doing our thing. I think the bigger thing around the OTAs is there's still that awkward relationship um, with our perceived partners. And it is what it is. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I remember when the news broke and then Tao Tao came out recently, a get mm -hmm. your guide, you know, attacking that and the independence of the marketplace. And those of us who live and breathe this, or, you know, we're reading about it and talking about it. But when I speak to some of our listeners, they don't really care. They're like, yeah. look, we want a company that's going to, you know, really help us with our pain points yeah. and get the bookings, etc. I don't really care who owns the yeah. plumbing, as it were. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's on point. The, the more educated ones have a little bit more question marks around you're saying our listeners them. are not educated yeah i know yours are super educated <laughs> so I, I don't need to remind them of that but no, no. we're fiercely independent we have been uh and that's a kind of a core value of us we get to dictate uh what we do and why we do it and we don't have a large public company who is force feeding us an agenda that we don't agree with so a question i think a lot of people are asking in the next months is who is working with reserve with google are you guys working with them we are. We have an integration with them now, and we'll continue to support that. Yeah. It's great. It's going to become very important. And how easy is that to set up? So if I'm already working with you and I'm like, hey, I want to work with the Reserve with Google, how easy is that to set up? Um, it's as simple as really going into the application uh, once your products and inventory are set up. Uh, it's really about validating that the way you've configured those is, is applicable to the way Google expects its data to be provided. And then it's, it's just a matter of enabling those and optimizing the, the listing in terms of the content. Our, our biggest win we felt with CheckFront is customers being able to book online and not have to make that phone call to us and they can just navigate our website, go through your interface and just book directly with us. Once we get into it and once they, once they see all the system can do, it's, uh, it's quite funny because you kind of see the, 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 the world open behind them before them and they're like, oh my God, and I can send emails and I can manage how many people come and I can check them in. 
I'd recommend using Checkfront because it's simple, it's straightforward, it's easy to use, and most importantly, there are never any problems. I asked some of our listeners for some questions for you more on the product side. So one I got was, with Checkfront, can I manage my business via a smartphone app? We do have Android and iOS um, apps. Yeah. Great, excellent. Uh, can I improve my website or will you guys build a new one for um, me? I think what Jason alluded to there was that we do have options on both sides of it. We have um, a full-featured uh, website builder in our site builder. Um, and then we would also um, support you with a WordPress plugin that you can essentially uh, shortcode and throw in your website. And those are the, the options that we are currently providing to our customers. Um, in addition to the support team that assists them with the questions that they have when they want to throw that code in and adjust the CSS or the layout of their website. Great. Uh, will I be able to distribute on the channels that are important to me? Yes. I, I think we support was it, three, four now, uh, Reserve with Google being the latest. And we know that's an important uh, aspect to our customers' business. There's current conversation in the industry around uh, the role of the OTA in terms of where does it go as, as businesses want to customize the experience for their guests more and more. And that's something that, you know, we're working to understand ourselves and where is that need and where do we have an opportunity to help our operators continue to support the level of customization they want. That's a challenging piece of the industry right now and something that we're working towards. And there will be more. I mean, that's an open-ended question there because we don't know what's important to them, but um, yes. the ones that we traditionally would think would be super important that we will prioritize and there's a couple more set up for Q1 or something in there. Great. <laughs> There'll be more coming. Make sure you let us know so we can put it in the brief. Yes. Keep everybody informed. Yeah, and the, and the challenging piece there is always that we do offer a high degree of customization of that booking experience. And uh, what you tend to see in the OTAs right now is that it's, it's a limited subset of those features. And yeah. so as you're going through and enabling your inventory for the OTAs, it's really about you know, cherry picking the pieces that are most important to you that they can actually support. Absolutely. And I'll just, I'll just quickly add in there, there's a larger conversation going on collectively as, with ResTech uh, and the OTAs around standardization, and we're involved. So we're, we have a seat at that table. We're helping them build out the bigger spec around a standard that we can all use. It's going to make things just so much easier. And who is the driver behind that? So there's two. Arrival has their own group um, yeah. that we've met with at every conference, which is really focused in around that. Um, and Expedia also has their own. Uh, and I think there's a couple other ones that are kind of sure. uh, trying the same thing, but... Great. Another question we got, and this is very much on the subject of influencers, which is a hot topic. Do you offer the feature where tourpreneurs can pay an affiliate on any bookings made via a partner influencer? I think what they were talking about is if they worked with an influencer and they wanted a link to their site and they wanted the influencer oh, yeah. to make cash rather than it go to their OTA link, can they with you guys? Do you have any kind of affiliate set up? We do offer a, uh, a partner account feature, which yeah. is essentially that. Um, partners can create another version of the inventory that the operator is, is selling directly and, and offer that up. And then those bookings would come through attributed to the partner. And commissions could be variable based on um, the relationship they have with those partners and calculated and, and um, attributed for. Great. Uh, another question I got is, will my checkout process be 100% secure? And is it flexible enough to deal with custom bookings? Definitely 100% secure, as secure as you can be anyway. Uh, we follow all the standards and, and PCI compliance and uh, that's, that's required to process as, as we need to. And we've got a whole team that's dedicated to you know, availability and security, and yeah. that's, that's top of mind. If we 
fall down on that, then we're, we're kind of misstepping. What was the other carry-on? Was the uh, is it flexible enough to deal with custom bookings? I don't. Certainly, to the degree that uh, you know, there's optionality in either the, the customer's information, what they need out of that activity. We do offer a high degree of customization of, of things like our booking form and the level of detail they're collecting from customers and guests. And then, in addition to that, there's all the the pieces of upsells and add-ons and all the things Great. you need to customize. Excellent. Uh, will customers stay on my site to pay or be redirected elsewhere? That depends. Um, okay. We do have a ton of uh, support for different payment gateways. So the bulk of our customers are on gateways where that process is, is happening directly um, on a SSL secured uh, site that is theirs. And then uh, there are some payment gateways though that only offer a redirect fashion and those are happening on those websites. Marvelous. Alan, do you have any further questions from a tour operator perspective? Sure. So uh, one thing I've heard from people this week is the concern if they're going to switch from an existing platform to a new one, what's the support on integration and bringing past data to the new system? Yeah, it's a big one. It's a, it's a painful uh, endeavor, switching. We know it. Uh, we do the best we can to help migrate data. Um, you are able to import data. I think that the bigger challenge is, in some cases, your existing system will not give you your data that's required, which is, again, a very bad thing in our opinion. We do have some ability to help with the onboarding and the transition. It's just, it is painful. It is what it is. But again, our support team, our success team, help that process uh, as best we can to make it as, as painless as possible. What are your tech support hours? 24-7. Okay. Good to know. I yeah. just spoke to one of your clients in Spain who said it wasn't 24-7. It's 24-7. So yeah. There's, good news there's for him. A, uh, yeah, there's, there's three different shifts in our support team. There's online chat, there's phone, there's email, as many ways as we can get in front of it. Talking about, about some of the biggest strategy things that we hear about, how do you view Google's role in the space? Yeah, well, with Reserve with Google, is it's a big disruptor. And it certainly will be for the OTAs. I mean, the question is, we know there's a, there's a shift in, in search, for sure. Traditionally, you know, a lot of people would go to OTAs, but in destination, you're seeing people just search for what it is they're wanting to do, or in some cases, just the company name. And if Google's right there uh, with a one-click book, I think it'll be very impactful over time as they really focus in on that. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, no, absolutely. We talked a little bit about standards, but I guess the next question for us is, what was the biggest challenge Checkfront had to overcome as a business? So in the years you've been around, what was the biggest challenge for you? Oh boy, it's like an ongoing challenge. Um, I mean, scaling a company, we're, we're not venture-backed. We're funded by our customers and we've achieved, I mean, we, we're pretty sure we're the largest independent booking system, uh, whereas some of our competitors have raised 20, 40 million dollars. So we've had to be super efficient. It's not so much, it's a challenge, um, but it also really made us focus in on the things that matter the most, and that's our customers. We fall down on our customers. If we're not delivering, if we're underperforming in technical support, we effectively start to lose money that we don't really have the luxury of doing at a massive scale of millions of dollars. So I see it as both a, a strength and, and it is a hurdle. You know, yeah. Growing a business from a basement to you know, our fourth office with, you know, 75 uh, amazing people back home is a challenge. And there's inflection points through the business when you move 
to different sizes and different teams and, and more specialization. And, uh, you know, there's growing pains along the way, which is part of the fun and also just part of the challenge. Yeah. So personally, how have you evolved in terms of, you know, your CEO of Checkfront? Had you been a CEO elsewhere before? No, I had a startup in New Zealand, but it was two people. So right. my background's technical. Yeah. So I was initial technical founder. Um, but as we grew in Victoria, I was just doing a lot more, you know, hiring and, and strategic kind of thinking. So that was definitely a challenge to move from coding and product design into, into managing a company. And that's really just, it's been a learning experience, but it's also bringing in really smart people like Stephanie and Angela, who's sitting behind me and yes. people that are just much smarter than me in the areas that they, that they should be. So, so that's been a journey. What's the best thing that has happened to Checkfront since you started? Um, I think the answer is somewhat similar uh, to the last one. It's, it's just been seeing something that you built kind of on the back of a napkin to something meaningful that is helping our customers. And it's a really, you know, in eight, nine years in, I'm still as excited about our customers as I was early on. And, and I can relate with them because many of them are entrepreneurs themselves. They've quit their, their law practice to go, you know, do kayak tours or something and that's yeah. those are really inspiring stories and it's just one you can't repeat in every single business um, so I think it's a long answer to that one but that is the best part of it and how many arrivals have you been to looking back in Angela four okay yeah so the three US and then the one Berlin or and Bangkok and Bangkok so you've been to five yeah wow so we were at the first one and we were yeah. a, a launch partner with them from from the get-go yeah yeah how do you think it's changed since the first ever arrival just scale. I mean, the first one was like 400 people uh, in Vegas, uh, and I don't know what they quote here now. 12, you know, 1200. I think it's growing. It's great. You know, Douglas and Bruce have done a, a great job in really highlighting this industry and giving us our own conference, um, which we didn't we didn't have before. We were tucked away at a focus right room or something. It's changed. The bigger companies are here now. They weren't really at any meaningful scale before, and that's just natural. Um, there's lots of eyes in the industry that weren't really there, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. It was just starting. Yeah. And now it's, you know, it's the hot topic. Steph, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I would say the, the connections that, that we've made with customers watching those businesses grow is always inspiring along the same lines as Jason. And, and getting to give them the tools that are going to take them to the next year, five years, ten years of their business. Um, that's, that's what keeps it exciting and um, evolving and yeah. love it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good to see you all here because it's not cheap no. to come and exhibit and be a sponsor and everything else. But all the tour operators I'm speaking to, particularly those who are here for the first time and they're seeing your names in trade publications and press releases, but they actually get an opportunity to speak to you. Like Alan just said he came to your demo lab earlier on today to see how the system actually works. So this, I think, is some of the value and why I'm a big fan of Arrival. And I hope everyone who listens to the podcast in the respective continent comes and attends arrival because there is so much learning here and you get this face-to-face -face time you know you were talking about learning from customers i'm sure you've had people come up to you today you know and compliment you and it makes you blush right yeah. i mean it's it's incredible but then also people saying oh, well i wish you did this and it, i think it's we're often in the bubble so when you get that feedback from outside the bubble it's really powerful isn't it mm -hmm. the face-to-face -face is so important you just you can't create that i mean we're, we've got dinners with customers we've got coffees and ketchups and it's just such a different conversation when normally it's like hey I need this thing feature or you know where are you guys going with your roadmap versus like sitting down and having a meaningful conversation yeah. is is really quite cool. 
Great. Well, as we wrap up this chat, I guess I'd like to ask you, what advice would you have for tour operators out there in terms of working smarter and better and more efficiently with their booking platform provider? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a two-way street there. Uh, I mean, they need to be, you need to be working with a system that is able to kind of solve most of your needs and, and to be there when you need them, you know, on a long weekend before a uh, you know, an influx of, of, of operators or whatever it might be. I think staying engaged, finding a key contact if you can at that company, uh, whether it's a support or account manager that deeply understands your business is probably well recommended. Um, and again, there's so many different verticals, you know, finding a system and both a, a personal contact that's able to make sure that you're configured you're optimized as much as you possibly can be, both from a customer-facing perspective and a back-office perspective, you know, it's critical. Otherwise, you might not be doing something that you should be doing, or you might not be doing something that is fully optimizing your business. So that would be my first consideration. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would add to that and just say that the real plus in SaaS is the evolution of the product, and it happens very quickly. And I think what happens, especially in tourism activities and seasonal businesses, is that uh, they delay, you know, really looking at changing the way they're working on a nine, 12 month basis because they're waiting for their down season to sort of make those changes. Um, so I would say just to, you know, keep your ear aware of, of what's coming out of your platform and um, that you're leveraging those new features and helping your business evolve as those are coming out. Yeah, Fantastic. Well, is there anything else you'd like to, to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Certainly a thank you to, to, to both of you for spending the time. And yeah, if there's any questions that come up, feel free to contact, you can send the message to Jason at Checkfront, which I might regret sending that. But. Yeah, well, our two million listeners, you're gonna, yeah. you're, your servers are going to beat down. All right, we'll switch it with Steph's uh, email. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not a services company, we're a product company, first and foremost, and the product has been designed by our customers as best we can. So existing customers, if there's feature requests, if there's ways that we can help improve their business, we're always receptive. We can't do everything. I mean, Steph gets a thousand feature requests a day, but yeah, we're, we're here to, to kind of make lives better. So, Marvelous. Well, thank you very much for joining us today and sharing a bit more with our listeners about Checkfront. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.